If you enjoy this podcast, you're going to love all the many different resources waiting for you at faithfy.com and the FaithFi app. You'll find powerful wisdom, free podcasts, articles, videos, and more from leading voices such as Randy Alcorn, Howard Dayton, Ron Blue, and our own Rob West. Grow in wisdom and knowledge by connecting with a community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful stewards at faithfy.com or by downloading the FaithFi app. Do you know how much you've given back to God's kingdom over the years? Would you like to? Hi, I'm Rob West. The sum total of your generosity is not a number you'll find in your 401k or IRA, and you probably never think about it, but it's important for a number of reasons. I'll talk about that today with Art Rayner, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, my good friend Art Rayner is our guest today. He's a regular faith and finance contributor and one of our go-to sources for biblical financial content and counsel. Art, welcome back to the program. Rob, thank you so much for having me. Art, I love this idea, actually, of tracking our generosity. I'd love to know kind of the backstory on it, though. What made you think of it? Yeah, I love the idea, too. Unfortunately, it was not my my concept. <laughs> I actually learned about it from my friend Bob Loddick, who is a, who's an author. He does yeah. podcasting. He has a great blog. And so he's the one who who introduced the concept to me. Now, I was on a podcast where the host asked me what my greatest financial regret was. And I said, you know, I don't have a lot of like investing regrets, debt regrets, but what I do have is a tracking regret that I did Hmm. not track my generosity because I just started doing it a few years ago. I wish I would have started earlier. Interesting. Well, let's dive right in though. I know you have a few reasons why we should do this, keep track of our generosity. So what's the first one? Yeah. First of all, that generosity is our financial priority. You know, according to Scripture, our first financial act is to give. We find that in Proverbs 3, 9, where it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your entire crops. You see, God has made us to be generous. He has designed us not to be hoarders, but to be conduits through which his generosity flows. And so it's our financial priority. And so we should track it. Yeah, if it's our priority, absolutely. It should be something we're looking at. All right, well, what's the next reason? Well, the second one is the fact that you chase what you track. Whatever Mm. you're tracking, whatever financial uh, goals you're going after, you are going to put more emphasis on those. You're going to um, chase after it more. The visual that comes to mind with tracking motivates you to keep going. Now, this works for getting out of debt, saving for an automobile, or any other financial goal. And so why would we not track our generosity so that we can ensure that we're chasing after it more aggressively? I love that idea. Yeah, it's the idea that if you're measuring something, you can manage it. And so if we're measuring our giving, tracking our giving, we can obviously be more intentional. Uh, This next one has to do with what is not included in our other financial trackers, and that's generosity, right? Yeah, we we have some great financial tools that are out there, your net worth statement, your balance sheet. All of those are important, but they're missing 
the most important part of our finances, at least according to scripture, and that is our generosity. You know, net worth statement, once again, is an incredibly useful tool, but one part that has always bothered me about the net worth statement is that generosity can actually be viewed as a negative, reducing a potential asset. Now, Heavenly Treasure does not have a place on the net worth statement, so, but at the same time, it is a believer's greatest asset. So because of this, I like keeping track of generosity, giving it a place in my financial health numbers. I think it's a great idea. Okay, number four, the final reason has to do with the why behind our giving, right? Yeah, you get to see what God has allowed you to be a part of. Dollars on your generosity tracker represent lives changed for all eternity. Most of the impact your generosity has made will, of course, not be revealed to you until heaven. But even though you can't see every way God is leveraging your gift, you can be assured he is using them for his purposes, his mission, and his glory. Tracking your generosity allows you to see what God has allowed you to be a part of. All right, 30 seconds left. I suspect you're now doing this. So what does it look like to start tracking your generosity? Yeah, I absolutely am. If you have not started to track your generosity, I would simply encourage you just to go back like I did and review prior year's tax returns and view that amount that you give. And then from now on, add your current generosity to that number. You can use an Excel sheet. It's a simple way to make sure that we chase what we track. I love it. Art, thanks for stopping by, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's faith and finance contributor Art Rayner. You can learn a lot more and read his biblical financial content at ChristianMoneySolutions.com. That's ChristianMoneySolutions.com. Stay with us. Much more to come just around the corner. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The Credit Union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where we apply the wisdom from God's Word to your financial decisions and choices. So glad you're along with us today. We've got room for a few more questions between now and the end of the program. The number to call, 800-525-7000. Hey, a quick listener email. This comes to us from Liz. She says, my husband and I would like to find a small starter home. That used to be what couples did, but that seems like just a dream these days as houses are so expensive. Uh, Do we just rent forever? We both work and need to live where there are good jobs. Am I 
I missing something? And Liz, I would say no. And fortunately, you're not missing anything. Houses are very expensive these days. Uh, although home values have begun to ease in many parts of the country, and that's expected over the balance of the year, perhaps 5 to 6% down, maybe as much as 10 plus, depending upon if we get into a recession that's uh, beyond just mild. Uh, here's some guidelines. I would say, number one, don't give up or lose heart. Uh, make this a matter of prayer. Use this time to save diligently. I think as uh, mortgage rates come down, as housing prices come down, uh, we're now clearly in a buyer's market versus a seller's market. All of those things are going to work in your favor. The things you're going to want to focus on, maintain a good credit rating, uh, save 20% for that down payment to avoid PMI and having plenty of equity in the home, getting pre-approved for the mortgage, but don't get as much mortgage necessarily as they pre-approve you for because they might let you borrow more than I would like for you to. And as a guide, uh, look for your mortgage payment, including taxes and insurance, to be no more than 25% of your take-home pay. That's going to ensure that you don't stretch to buy that house and you know put your financial house in jeopardy, if you will. So you don't lose heart. Uh, start saving. And I think in time, you'll find that God will provide just the right thing, perhaps later this year or early next. And we appreciate you writing to us. If you have a question you'd like read on the air, send it along to askrob at Faith com. All right, back to the phones we go to Savannah, Georgia. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hello. My husband and I are nearing retirement, and I, we have our money invested in savings, cities, IRA, SEP, and stocks. But with the rise and everything moving to a digital currency, what do you recommend as a secure means of investing our savings? Because I've heard predictions that the, our money will not be worth anything or possibly we could even lose our money. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be focused on that. I mean, you mentioned a digital currency. It's getting a lot of attention lately, and for good reason. We're seeing uh, a lot of activity in what are called CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, uh, because more than 90% of the world's gross domestic product, uh, you know, those countries are looking uh, at digital currency right now. And uh, But it's a long way off. Uh, basically, what happened was the the Federal Reserve would have to create, after getting approval from Congress and the president, um, you know, the, the digital currency, and it can't be unilaterally ordered uh, by the president. Um, it's got to be an, an act of Congress. It's going to take a long time to work through even a, a comprehensive framework for the development of digital assets. And that's basically all that's been done is there's been some research that was done and a report issued by the Treasury on what it would look like. Uh, keep in mind, the digital euro is scheduled to go online in the middle of the decade, and a digital dollar is well behind it. It would most likely be several years before anyone was using a digital dollar uh, in normal life. Uh, China started working on theirs in 2016, and they're still in the pilot phase. Now, it's a massive pilot, 260 million users, but the bottom line is that the uh, you know, the U.S. is a long way off. Um, the central bank really doesn't have the authority 
me, uh, coinage is a congressional function. Um, so it's going to get hard to, it's going to be hard to get legislative buy-in due to a lack of trust. The Federal Reserve doesn't really have a high degree of trust right now. And especially with a divided government, um, you know, given that so much is moving digital, it's not, um, out of the realm of possibility that we could have one. And, and obviously because we're the world's reserve currency, a lot of countries will be looking to us to see our framework so that they know that they can be, uh, use, uh, you know, their currencies will work with with our digital dollar framework. But uh, I don't think this is a reason not to invest in stocks and bonds. I mean, I still think the very best way for you to build wealth, despite any headwinds we might have or, you know, a debt crisis, you know, way down the road, if we had a liquidity crisis in in this country, um, there's just not really an alternative. I mean, if you put it under the mattress or uh, you know, you're losing purchasing power. If you put it all in gold, then you've got a hard asset that's, you know, very difficult to to do much with. And the volatility and performance just doesn't match stocks and bonds. So ultimately, we need to trust the Lord. We should be wise and shrewd in, in handling God's money. And so I, I don't mean we should stick our heads in the sand. But at the same time, uh, you know, I don't think we can see anything on the horizon that would put, uh, you know, our financial system in jeopardy. Jeopardy, despite I think some of the challenges we're seeing politically. So I would say you're doing the right things. You've got retirement accounts. You mentioned a SEP. You mentioned IRAs. You mentioned having proper savings. I think those are still the very best ways for you to build wealth over time in a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio. And if godly, God-fearing economists begin to see something changing on the horizon, uh, you know, we'll be talking about it, I think, well before anything like that were to happen. Uh, does that all make sense, though, Lynn? Yes, it does. And I appreciate you answering my question so much. All right. All righty. God bless you and all the best to you as you manage God's money. We appreciate you being a part of the program today. Uh, to Oklahoma City. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Rob. Uh, I like the new name of your show. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I have a secured credit card for about 20 months now. I had it to build my credit. Uh, hopefully, on the 31st of this month, I'm going to close on a house. And my question is, is it time to switch to a regular credit card? And maybe what would be the best type of credit card to to go to? Yeah. You know, it might be, Mike, and I think that was a great move that you had there to build your credit, um, you know, by getting that secured credit card. Uh, Why would you want to move to an unsecured card? Well, if, number one, you're only using it for budgeted items and paying it off every month, then I think then that's a possibility because the last thing we'd want you to do is turn that unsecured uh, line of credit uh, into debt that you begin to carry at a high interest rate. But if you're confident you've got the discipline to, you know, only use that for budgeted items, then, then I think that's a possibility. The benefit is you could obviously charge more than you have on deposit. So right now you can only charge up to what's on deposit with the institution by getting an unsecured line. It would allow you to perhaps run more of your monthly budgeted transactions through that account because you've just got a bigger limit and you don't have to, you know, you can go beyond what you had on deposit. Um, 
And, you know, there's just more varieties to pick from with the unsecured if you're looking for other benefits like cash back or, you know, travel rewards, things like that. I would do your homework, though, on the best cards because I'd rather you not pay an annual fee. Uh, and you don't have to to still get a great card, you know, that's paying two percent cash back i mean bank of america's got a great one fidelity does uh, wells fargo bank also has a great one two percent across the board on on everything so to find that next credit card um, if you're confident you'll use it for budgeted items only i'd head to nerdwalletcreditcards.com or bankrate.com and make sure that you're not paying any annual fees thanks for calling mike and appreciate your kind remarks about the program we've got a lot more still to come here on Faith and Finance, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. More than 50,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free faith and finance account. Just visit faithfi.com and click sign up. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at praxismutualfunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. You know, as we look at the fundamental principles of managing money, one that just jumps off the page after God owns it all is that we have to live within our means, right? We've got to take our spending and dial it in such that we're living on less than we're earning. It sounds easy or simple. It's not, as you well know, especially in light of uh, four-decade high inflation. And as a result of that, it's more important than ever that we have a spending plan, that we uh, really take the time to carefully craft our budget because margin, income minus expenses and having something left, that's what margin is. That's key to funding your longer-term goals that align with your values, being able to give more, save for an emergency fund, help a friend or a neighbor, fund your long-term retirement savings, or maybe finally eradicate that debt once and for all. Well, if you need a budget and a spending plan and a system to control it, uh, perhaps you should check out the FaithFi app. Uh, You'll learn more at our website, brand new site, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. Just click on the app button. Check it out. All right, let's go back to the phones to uh, Wichita. Hi, Stacy. You go right ahead. Uh, We built a home a couple years ago, took out a loan to do that, obviously. And the originator uh, lowered our payment and we were like, yay, great. That's awesome. We didn't pay any attention to the numbers other than, you know, the payment amount. And then they sold the loan and we're just now finding out that the escrow's uh, a little over negative $6,000. And so we just got a new mortgage payment that's almost $900 
more than what we just got wow. used to paying. Yeah, and and why was it? So you said it was negative six thousand. I have a hard time believing they allowed it to get that out of whack. What happened? You know, I don't know the answer, but yeah, yeah I'm just kind of left with the mess of trying to figure out how I'm going to pay this thing. Yeah, and that's not a one-time charge. They're saying that's your new ta- your new payment until it's replenished. Yeah, that's the new payment for the year. The according to the thing, that's the new payment for this year. They spread yeah. out the shortage over the year plus whatever you know additional needed to go up just to have the escrow where it should be. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, you're going to need to contact the escrow department. Normally, what happens when they make an error, and clearly they did because they should have been on top of this. I mean, they can't anticipate annual increases in homeowners insurance or property taxes, but this is a lot more than just, you know, it went up by 5% or something like that. Uh, so something was awry. And normally, when they make a mistake like that that results in a shortage like this, they'll work with you to spread it out. Now, given that it's a pretty significant some, you know, they mean to need to spread it out longer than they would normally do so. It may need to be that, you know, they do it over a full year if they are already, although 900 a month is, is quite a bit more than 6,000. I realize they're trying to make it up and replenish it, but that seems excessive. They may need to be willing to do it over two years. Here's the reality. Uh, they don't want you to default on this mortgage because that doesn't do them any good if they have to foreclose on you. That's going to be, and let's not even go there, but I'm just saying in their minds, you know, that's uh, not a good scenario for them financially because of the cost and, you know, how much money they would lose. So it's in their best interest to work with you, especially since, you know, somebody made a mistake here. So I would just call them and say, listen, this is not feasible uh, based on our budget and what we have available. We want to make it whole. We're not arguing that, uh, but we just need to do it over a time frame that gets this payment into a reasonable uh, you know, range that you know, we can actually do on a monthly basis without creating a hardship for our family. And I suspect uh, they'll work with you on that, Stacy. This is unusual, but uh, this shouldn't be the first time they've had something like this. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. You're very welcome. Quickly to uh, Wyoming. Uh, Mark, you're next on the program, sir. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm 59 years old and I don't know if I should be paying extra on my house payment or putting that to my retirement. Yeah. Are you putting anything toward retirement now, Mark? Um, yeah, I've been putting about 6,000 a year away. That way I don't have to pay no taxes or nothing. Okay. And do you have the ability to do more than that? How much surplus do you have on a monthly basis? Well, my house payment is right around $1,500 and I've been paying like three on it. So it's been going down pretty quick. That's great. Uh, at this current rate, if you just keep doing what you're doing, how quickly would you have it paid off? Do you know? Uh, less than eight years. Okay. You know, here's what I would try to do. I'd call your mortgage company and say, uh, pick your estimated retirement date, whenever you think that is. Let's say it's 65. It may not be, but let's pick a number. Uh, and then you'd want to say to them, will you run an amortization schedule for me that tells me how much I need to send extra per month so I can have this paid off by my 65th birthday. And that's what I would focus on because that way, as you're entering retirement, you take this largest major expense that you have in your budget and that's gone. And now that's going to help you, uh, you know, be, keep your expenses as low as possible so you can fund your retirement. And then every extra dollar you have available, let's put toward retirement savings. Thanks for your call. Quickly to Cleveland. Lori, I have just a minute or so. How can I help? I'm 
69. I've been letting my Social Security grow till 70. My question is, if I should work beyond 70, a couple years more, will that change my Social Security amount that I would get? Yeah, uh, well, it's yes and no. Let me explain. Uh, it, every year you wait to take Social Security beyond full retirement age, uh, which is usually 66 or 67, um, you're going to get an 8% increase in your Social Security. That stops at age 70. So that's probably what you're referring to. So how could you see increases beyond age 70? Well, if you continue to work, and let's say any of the the um, income, the amount of income you're receiving beyond age 70 is higher than any of your highest previous 35 years of earnings, that is what's being used to determine your Social Security benefit. If you can replace any of those based on what you're earning beyond age 70, then you could get a higher check. Uh, but if you're saying, no, I'm working part time and I'm not going to earn uh, you know, any more than my highest 35 years of earnings over my entire life work record with the Social Security Administration, then no, the only increase you'd get would be the cost of living adjustment that everybody gets. You wouldn't get a guaranteed increase. But again, you could see an increase if you can replace any of what they call the high 35 that was used to determine your benefit. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Actually, I had, I looked back and in those early years, I was only working where I was making three, 5000 a year. Okay. So yeah. the fact that I would be working if I was continuing to work like two more years at full time, it would not. How does that work? If I knock off that three or 5000 I made that those years, and what I'm making today, does yeah. it... It would increase it. It's a pretty complicated formula in terms of what it would actually do. I'd check with the Social Security Administration. They can tell you exactly how much your benefit would increase as you knock those earlier years off. Hey, thanks for calling today. God bless you. Thank you to my team today, Ryan, Dan, Amy, and Robert. Hope you have a great rest of your day and come back and join us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.